Hey everyone, we're back. Yes, we said we weren't going to be back until this weekend, but I got it back from my work trip in time, so here we are. It's Fig and Lock Talk. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Lock. Hey, everybody. We're happy to be here. Uh, we have a few fun topics we're going to discuss tonight. Uh, you're going to have to catch me up on a lot of things because I've been living practically in a recluse for the last week and a half. Hmm. Uh, I was down uh, in the Bahamas for work. Uh, and I know you probably, a lot of you are probably like, wow, must be nice. You're in the Bahamas you're for work. That's, that's Bahamas pretty good is pretty gig. nice. It was, and it was beautiful down there, and I got a little beach time, did some snorkeling. Uh, also got con- bit by a hundred, like a hundred thousand mosquitoes. Fun. Probably have Zika virus now. Very uh, nice. Which sucks because apparently it's all like malaria. Once you have it, you have it. <laughs> um, there's a there's a cure for it, right? Or is it no? no you just, you're, eventually your immune system will adapt. Uh, I guess they say they say though that like only one in like four people exhibit symptoms. Uh, I guess the symptoms are like rashes, conjunctivitis, fevers, which. Which is perfect because right now it's allergy season. So I'm probably going to get conjunctivitis from allergy season, and I'll probably get a rash from allergy season. So why not add this on top of it? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but aside, but yes, the island itself was very beautiful. A lot of you know did some scuba, di- I mean not scuba, some snorkeling out there, and enjoyed the sun for a day or two. Uh, but there was very little Wi-Fi access. Very little. I mean, they're out of TV. So I got to see like CNN and BBC. So I knew what was going on in the world. But as far as geek news goes, I don't have I don't have a lot to offer this week. Um, I didn't even go. I went to the comic book store today. Didn't see anything that I, I necessarily wanted. But that being said, we still have a few topics we can talk about. I did get to see Daredevil. I know you watched the first episode. Yeah, I filmed the first episode. Um, unfortunately, I knew you guys were like what kind of shit's that? Um, I watched the first episode. It was very serious. I I was digging on the whole, you know. Introduction of Punisher very quickly, um, but I, f- that too. I fell into this. Um, I found another show on Netflix called Love because it's right next to like things I would like Daredevil, Love, and House of Cards. And I was kind of like, after my long work week I worked, I was like thinking like I was gonna enjoy something. And I fell into Love, which is a comedy. And to be fair, it's only thirty minutes and it's ten episodes. And you know, it's the same director who directed like Knocked Up and Forty Year Old Version and So Are Forty. You know, so the comedy on it wasn't like laugh out loud comedy, but it was smart humor. You know, I mean, there's a couple of um, booby shots here and there, which keeps me interested a little bit more. <laughs> you know, and uh, beyond that, you know, it's just about two people just not um, trying to get a love connection, and just, you know, it's it's awkward and weird Hollywood West sure. Coast style. So I mean, it's not bad. It's worth the watch. I mean, it got an eight point one at I IMB, so it's. Everybody else says it's a decent show to watch on Netflix, at least. And like I said, a three-minute episode, you really can't beat that. Yeah, that's true. All right, so we'll talk a little bit about Daredevil. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Gotham. I, I am caught up, thankfully, after today. Uh, and that show has taken some really weird oh, twists. Oh, my Jesus. Uh, we're going to talk about Indiana 5. It's confirmed. It is uh, happening. Indiana Jones 5 is happening. Harrison Ford is on board. Steven Spielberg is on board. Is. So, of course he is. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about where we like to see the direction the films go, what we think some issues are going to be uh, in make, putting, putting this film together. And then we'll, we'll, the last thing we'll talk about this evening is uh, this new controversial uh, bill. It's happening in Georgia, this uh, religious, free liber- or relig- religious liberties bill uh, that... A large, a lot of Hollywood is pr- protesting right now, and uh, this is going to be a big deal for Georgia because Georgia racks in quite a bit of money off the film industry down there. Uh, Marvel and Disney film down there quite a bit. AMC films The Walking Dead, 
So that's going to be a large loss of uh, income for the state if they decide to pick up this bill. So a lot of things, a lot of things to talk about in the in geek news. And uh, that being said, let's get into, let's get into it. So Daredevil. Um, I've actually I've actually seen ten episodes so far. So isn't the whole season ten episodes? No, I think it's like thirteen. Okay. Yeah. There's just, uh, so it's, there's a, there's quite a few. Um, but I'll let you start off. What were your what were your first your impressions of the first episode? I know you talked about the seriousness of it, but what was your, what was your impression? Yeah, it was very serious. It kind of just you know it 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 started off with the whole I would say the recap of the very first episode. You see Daredevil kick a little bit of butt at first. Yeah. You know, and it's not like I don't know. It's it's it doesn't feel Marvel. It doesn't feel like Marvel. No, it's funny. In fact, it's funny. I was talking describing it to some friends of mine. And the way I the way I see Daredevil is, it's very much like if you took the Dark Knight and combined it with a Time to Kill and put the two of them together, that's Daredevil. It's very DC because it, it's it's a crime it's a crime action drama. And the more I watch it, the more I see like to me it feels more like Batman, right? Than and, and in a lot of ways, Daredevil is kind of like Daredevil and Iron Man have always been kind of Marvel's Batman, if you will. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? It definitely has a Batman feel about it, and I think that's why my half my draws to it. Yeah. You know, but it's a very Hell's Kitchen's a dark place, mm-hmm. and you know they're trying to figure out. You know, the Punisher arrives, and the Punisher's just killing people. Yeah. So, what were your initial impressions of the Punisher? I didn't know where he's getting all these guns come from. He got these guns out of everywhere. I was like, dude, how many guns he has? He doesn't have a single briefcase with them, or a or a type of like bag. Or anything like that. It's just he just pulling out shotguns, snipers, handguns. I mean, this guy's a walking arsenal. But I mean, I take it that the, you know, just initially, you know, I can't make too much of a. Uh, I would say, I can't make too much of a decision on if I liked like him as Punisher or not yet. Okay. I like the look on him, but I mean, beyond that, it's it's. I saw one episode. And you saw the confrontation between him and Daredevil fight a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, beyond that, I I can't make a decision yet. I'm still out. I'm still out right now. I'm, so, I'm leave it inclusive. So John Bernthal is the guy that's playing Punisher now. If you're not familiar with John Bernthal, but you're a Walking Dead fan, you would know him. Shane. From that. Shane. He's the survivor. Shane. Uh, he's also been in Wolf of Wall Street. He was there. Yeah, not, he was. Uh, he was a shady guy. He was a shady. <laughs> kind of he was moving money for him. I can't remember, yeah. but he was in that as well. I think he's been in something else, but I can't remember. But um, so I don't want to spoil it for you, obviously. I don't necessarily want to spoil it for all the listeners out there either. But he his his character is really going to turn into a very fascinating character, very compelling. You're really going to I think you'll you'll find you'll connect with him. Um, the the later on down the road there will be a trial with him and Matt Murdock and Foggy are the, his defense attorneys, and that is why I say it's like it's like a time to kill with the Dark Knight combined because. Here's this guy who he's completely split the city on how they feel about vigilantes because half the city believes this guy's a hero because he's killing gangsters. Right. But then the other half of the city thinks he's a cold-hearted murderer. You know, So it's uh, it makes for a really compelling court drama later down the road. Uh, I think it's one of his best performances. Uh, I liked him as Shane in, uh, in Walking Dead because – and I, I think he, he's really good at playing these characters who – from their perspective, they think feel they're, they're doing, doing the right, the right thing. thing. Yeah. Because in, in The Walking Dead, 
his character was like he he was try, he was he cared about the group. He cared about yep. the survival of the group. Yep. And he was willing to take measures that that I think Rick would end up having to take later. He's down taking the road. now. Rick's taking. Yeah. Rick yeah. is Shane now. Yeah. Rick. Well, he became Shane last season. He's, he's definitely Shane he's now. He's kind of getting away from it a little no, bit. No, he's this definitely season. Shane now. But yeah. But it, it, it's so it's interesting how Shane was is the force direct foreshadowing of Rick. And I think his performance in this in this show is just fantastic. Um, so I think as you watch it, you'll find that you're, you'll come to appreciate him more. I, he is per, probably one of my per, personally one of my favorite Punishers I've seen so far. Uh, I've never seen the Dolph Lundgren version, but I've seen the Thomas. You've never Jane. seen Dolph. You've never seen no, Lundgren. No, I haven't. I've seen the Dolph. Lund- I've seen the Thomas Jane version. I it's like, classic. I like Thomas Jane, but the more I look back on it, though, I felt like Thomas Jane was a very. Um, Diet Coke version of Punisher. Look, man, look, no. Because he didn't nearly, he was not nearly as brutal as the Punisher should be. And then in Punisher Warzone with, I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, don't even talk about went, that guy. He went way over the top. He was English. Yeah, it went way over the top. So that, I feel <laughs> he was like, British. I feel like this Shane, I mean, not Shane, I feel like John Bernthal's version of the character is. It's a match is, between is, two. It's right, it's right in the middle. It, like, it makes you empathize with his backstory, but at the same time, you, it does, you are conflicted because you, you, how do you root for this guy? It's, it's really makes you ask that question. How can you root for someone that's just like, I don't Slaughter care people. what yeah. you do. I'm going to kill you, you know? Yeah, but I mean, let's go back to the West name, Mr. Jane's Punisher. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. I don't dislike it. I don't, I'm you, not saying that. No, it's the movie, okay? The movie was two hours and 30 minutes. It should have been two hours. Like the first was 40. Yes, it was two hours and 30 minutes. Yes. I am, you, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a long-ass movie. It, I, it's one of my favorite, I would say, comic book movies. Yeah. Because... I think it was decent. I'm, I know I'm going on a tangent right now with this, but it's I enjoy that movie a lot. It's just the it's the first 35 minutes. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't dislike the movie. I mean, it's I think it's very well. The movie itself was very well constructed. I mean, it had a great back no. Story. It's not well constructed. The first 35 minutes is too much. No, I thought I, did, I thought they did a great job establishing the relationship with his family. The fact he's in the DEA. I got to see like, a picture of his family, and then he get shot and killed, and I'd be fine. Well, but yeah, idea had to see them. Yeah, like, I thought it had a good backstory, and I like him. I like him. I like the way you see him weave this plot to set up. Um, what's his name's character? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, main, one, the mobster at the yeah, end. Yeah, John Travolta's my, character. Yeah, my only problem is he just he wasn't as brutal as Punisher really. Yeah, was. he wasn't. Was, I dig yeah. the assassins coming after him. That was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, the one guy with the guitar. You know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. this is what song I want to sing at your funeral. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is kind of cool. You know what I mean? Then he had Kevin Nash, Rustler shows up. Yep. And, like, they destroy his apartment. That's cool. Then when he does distract revenge on, like, on John Travolta, and he kills him at the end, whatever. He's like, he's I've killed your son. And I was looking to hear an explosion in the background. Both of them. You know what I mean? You're like, that's, it's hilarious, but it's, you're right. It's not as brutal. But Warzone wasn't actually that brutal either. Well, he just killed a lot of gangsters yeah. in, a, in, in some, City, which they didn't really see what city he was in, but he killed a bunch of people, and you're telling me no cops heard it. Like cops were nowhere to be found in this yeah. film. I just you know what I mean? It was brutal. It was very brutal. Even the villain was lower over the top. For he me. punched the guy. He punched the guy one time and made the guy's face cave in. Yeah. Like calm down, <laughs> <laughs> calm let's, down. Let's let's backtrack back to Daredevil though. So, uh, what are some other things you liked about 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 the episode, or in general, what are some things about the show that you like that might get people interested in seeing it? I mean, it's like I said, it's a very intriguing show. You know, what I mean, it's definitely they're taking more of a serious turn this season. Or like the last season, that last season was pretty serious too. But the last season wasn't as serious. It got serious towards the end. Mm-hmm. At the very first, the beginning of the first season, it was kind of like wonder. He was wondering, <laughs> "Hey, I'm 
I'm going to help this girl out who's getting her butt kicked. You know what I mean? She's getting her book kicked by the assassin. The assassin on the very first season was an assassination attempt on her. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to help out the assassination attempt. And he helped her out. And then she brought... And then he was wounded. And he, you kind of... It, it, it was good, like, building, hey, Rory's characters. How are they all together? It all made sense. You know what I mean? Season two, though, it looks like it's going to... You're going to take a turn where, all right, now he's established as a hero or vigilante hero kind of guy. You know, when people see him in town, they're not running from him. They understand that this guy is good for the Hell's Kitchen itself. You know what I mean? But at the same time, this whole Punisher thing, you know, definitely going to add a wrinkle into there. You know, it looks like, is Kingpin in this season? Yeah. Uh, is he still you want me will, you want Just me give it to me. So, yes, you will. Wilson Fisk will Wilson Fisk just show up. And, there's, and, and he's going to have a very uh, interesting relationship with Punisher later down the road. Uh, which... So the great thing, what I loved about Wilson Fisk in this show is, you're gonna see him slowly begin to make to re rise in his power status, and he's gonna start by the prison that he's in. You're gonna you get to see him take control of the prison, and then you're gonna see him use the Punisher to be as an instrument of his means of becoming the kingpin of the prison. So it's it's really good the way he uses. Frank Castle. I think that's what I need to do. I need to get to the point where Wilson Fisk comes back because that's going to be. But no, that's what happened to don't, me. But don't jump into that because that's not, that's like that's not until like episode eight. That sucks because I'm gonna I'm because I'm gonna have to really push myself. Right, I'm gonna tell you right now. Thing. I'm gonna tell you, what you why you need to watch this show. Okay, more. I mean more. I mean I know you already like the show, but I'm gonna tell you why you need to watch all the episodes. You need to watch the first three or four episodes because that's a large part of the Frank Castle Daredevil story arc. So you need to see that because that's going to set up for. The trial and Wilson Fisk and a lot of things that happen down the road. Then you need to see episodes three through like eight because that is the introduction of Elektra and the Elektra Daredevil story arc, which causes him major conflict between his obligations to Foggy and the firm. And spoiler, he starts seeing you know the girl. What's her name? Uh, Carrie, Karen. The blonde, the blonde that works in her office. Yeah, yeah. They start seeing each other, and the conflict comes I mean, out. Her and com- foggy. Comes out. Of the- no, 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 no. Yeah, her and no, Foggy. No. She, she likes Foggy. No, no. Well, yeah, but she wasn't attracted to Foggy. But her, but him, and but even but Foggy's cool with it. The two of them that they're seeing each other. Of course, she is. But he's a lackey. It, but then there, but there are other things that occur that cause conflict between Dare, uh, between Matt and Karen, and then now you get this introduction of Wilson Fisk, Wilson Fisk, and then the Yakuza come back. And mm. they got a whole thing going on. And Nobu, remember the ninja in the first season that yeah, tore his ass up yeah. and he killed? He killed him. He comes back. How the hell? Dude, it's good. It's oh, his, me off. his mentor comes back for an episode. Uh, so you get to see him get back into action too. This it's a good season. The I know you're like the first episode kinda of, doesn't have a slow start necessarily, but it it does but it really the season really picks up and just sucks. No, I said, for season one I would say I fell into it big time when when I saw who Kingpin was. Yeah. Because I remember a guy at my job kept telling me over and over, like, yo, Locke, you got to see Daredevil. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. It's like, no, you got to well, see no, it. And I was, the same and way, I was like, man. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, get, I'll see it. I'll see it. I swear I'll see it. And then I'm watching and I'm kind of like, it was Sunday afternoon. And I'm at my house and my mom was over and I'm kind of like, whatever, there's nothing to watch. So I just turned it on. And my mom's like, who is this? What is this? And I was like, it's Daredevil. It's some, some dude beating up people. And then I got intrigued by the fighting. Mm-hmm. The fighting was very organic, which is cool. Oh, dude! Speaking of and then, what? the fighting, 
for the first season, you know how we that awesome hallway yeah, the, shot? Yeah, yes, that was a scene. They have another scene very similar to that, but it's longer, and it has it's so much better. It it's it's a it starts off in a hallway, and it goes. So what it is, he puts a knocked out Frank Castle into an elevator, and then spoilers. And then while the elevator is working its way down to the first floor, he's fighting this whole biker gang from the top floor down the stairwell all the way down. And as he gets done, the elevator finally pops up in the bottom and opens up, and there's knocked out Frank Castle. Jesus. It's really good. That's a badass scene right there. All right. All right. I got to check. All right. Okay. That's my mission then. By next Wednesday, probably Sunday, this Sunday coming up, I will grind that show out. Okay. We're going to stop next here because I don't want to spill it for any more, but... People, if you're not watching the show, get on this show because it's it's so good. Speaking of while we're talking about shows, I mean, you know, one thing I forgot to say, they released this past weekend the new tr- the newest final trailer for X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet though. You haven't seen it? No, is it good? It's not. I wouldn't say like when I saw the final trailer for Batman Superman, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like that. I was like, I, I gotta see it. I have to see it. It has yeah. my money. It's already bought. I don't feel that way about that trailer. I mean, they they showed a little, they showed Psylocke a little bit more in the trailer, and they showed Psylocke. They showed Psylocke, you know, and they showed Angel a little bit more in this trailer. Yeah, but beyond that, they don't show anything new. It's kind of like you kind of seen everything all right. I mean, you get to see the character who plays Apocalypse before he becomes Apocalypse. Yeah, because they look like they show where the fusing where Apocalypse the guy who becomes Apocalypse fuses with a. Entity. I don't really. I'm not too keen on the backstory yeah, yeah. on Apocalypse, but mm-hmm. I think that's what happens. He ancient times. He fuses together with a man and this. He's supposed to be a god machine or something, right? And he yeah. fused together or whatever. And it looks like you can see that, but beyond that, they don't show anything. It doesn't. It's not like the well, Batman Superman one. Now it's kind of like. Ugh. Well, I think the problem with Batman with Superman is it showed too much. And then that last trailer was like it just gave you just the perfect amount, but you already knew so much about the movie because. You saw the entire movie in the second trailer. They shouldn't have... The problem with second trailers, we would have been all right with second trailer if they didn't show Doomsday. Yeah. Well, Doomsday hurt everything. We've talked about that already. I'm sorry. So it just did. It really all did. Right. Let's move on to Gotham real quick while we're still talking about television. All right. Uh, I got caught up today. That show was taking some really interesting twists. Um, at this point, I think it's easy to say that I... Where is the show going at this point? Not a clue. Uh, spoilers, if you haven't seen the latest episode, Jim Gordon is in jail. He's going to jail. Because the Riddler has set him up. Yep. Which I love, by the way. Yes. Because I love seeing him, like, Edward Nigma finally become, become the Riddler, start using the green question marks and leading his prey, you know, using riddle, riddles and what have you. So that was really fun and refreshing. Um, we see uh, the Penguin now has been... His noggin has been screwed with to the point where he's a docile little puppy, but he meets his father. The, but the rest of the family doesn't seem too happy to have him back because I guess he's the only blood relative. Yeah, and apparently he's this is a, apparently this guy re, re, like remarried and these children mm-hmm. part of so now I, this, this is definitely yeah. this whole season taking it weird. And then you saw what's the um, um, Jim Gordon was it Barbara wakes up. Yeah, Barbara wakes up. Barbara wakes up. Um, Bruce Wayne discovers the man who killed his parents, only to, only to find out that the guy can't remember the incident. Yeah, he doesn't know who. It won't tell him who paid him off. Right. 
So it's the, it was kind it's of, the it was, honor it was, code. It was really kind of anticlimactic. It was the, right, the honor code, and then he kills and himself. Then Bruce You're like, well, like, well, I'm gonna go live in the streets because I need to learn himself. I need to learn about myself. But it's kind of cool though. You got to see him. He got in that fight with that one guy. Yeah, yes, yeah, you true. know, and he got his ass kicked. But I yeah. mean, he understood the idea. Like, look, man, it's a big guy. Maybe I need to overpower him. The problem is, Bruce, you're not there yet. But I yeah. did like the idea that, hey, it's good to see him, actually. That's what I always kind of complain about. I want to see I want to see Bruce Wayne become, at least give me a step forward on what he's going to become. Because you, you cannot become Batman well, I overnight. I think he got there with, with he, he talks about, I felt alive. Like, I felt like all that sorrow, all that emptiness went away when I was fighting. And I think that's kind of going to lead him down that road of, and then I think... I think he's going to be a large part of getting Jim Gordon out of jail. Because I think that's where you're going to start seeing them, them detective skills kind of come into play. Because he already says, like, this isn't right. Like, you know, this is his friend. You know, I think that's going to come into play a little bit. Um, one thing I thought was cool is you got to see the mutants, which I don't know if you're a comic book fan. The mutants is the main gang in The Dark Knight Returns in book one, books one and two. Books one and two. Okay. So that was kind of exciting to see them. You got to see um, what's her name played who played Tank Girl and she was also in uh, yes yeah uh, legally Leader wrong Alone. she was yeah. at, she was in the joke in like this Joker makeup yeah it was definitely stage. something else you're like what I was and, like when I heard her talk I was like yeah. what and in the background you see she's playing like all the villains from the pre- like the first half of the season so that was pretty fun. that was kind of funny they had um, I show they had the uh, ooh what was it I'm trying to think oh my gosh I can't think of it they had um, beyond that I mean. Uh, I think I brought. I've, I've drawn a blank. Um, wait a minute. I'm trying to think of the show. I'm like, there's a lot that happened. Yeah, with even with I'm, I'm messing. Well, up. The first, so last week, <laughs> last week's episode that was, was where, where where Bruce goes to wants to kill the man who killed his family. Right. That's that whole arc. And yeah. This last week was Jim getting set up by this Riddler and going to jail. Right. And those are the two main stories. And then other things, like, of course, there's. Oh, you gotta see Butch and like that one girl. Like, yeah, they're I don't even understand up. how that even like that. That's just she's got she's banging him, of course, and that's why he's keeping her around because she's hot. But I mean, but he's still clearly in control because he he's wouldn't clearly let her, he wouldn't, right. He wouldn't let her kill. He's the clearly in control, and she's he, yeah. clearly all right with just following his lead, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, where's the end game with that relationship? I don't understand what's going on with that. I mean, I do like the idea that he spared him. Yeah, you know, what I mean, he's like, look, because even Butch, you understand, Butch, you lost a hand due to the due, due to penguin. So yeah. the idea that you're, hey, we've all lost something. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, we're, we're good. Like we're yeah, we're, we're square. square. You know, what I mean, I was like, okay, that's but interesting. My thing is, I, I'm worried. Like, so now we saw in the final moments of the ep- last episode where Lee, he told Lee to move on, go somewhere else, raise her kid. Uh. I'm worried now because I mean I'm not gonna get my Lee, my Lee anymore because I really like the relationship and like I don't even understand either like is it like is she gonna leave the show now that's how she leaves the show I think this is what I think I think she I think it's gonna be temporary because she's she was pregnant in real life when they filmed this they just had the child she's probably taking a short hiatus to be you know be mom at home for a while I think she'll be back I think she'll be back that's that's a good point um. But interesting, I think what's going to be interesting about that whole thing, though, is Barbara's awake now. So how is she going to play into that? Because you know there's like a triangle there between the three of them. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Lee's out the picture. He's in jail. How is she going to be in a part is of Is Barbara going to help him break out? I don't know. I mean, that's going to be an interesting thing. Like This show is honestly must-see TV because mm-hmm. I have no idea yeah. what they're doing. It's crazy. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Um, 
Indiana Jones 5. So it came out this week that uh, Indiana Jones 5 is happening. Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford are both on board. Part of me really wants this to happen, but the other part of me is like, I kind of feel like Harrison Ford is a little too old. I think the best that we're going to get out of Indiana Jones maybe has already occurred. But then again, you know, Creed, it's not a Rocky movie, but it's a really good movie. What? Well, the reason I'm connecting them is because... What are you doing? Well, hold on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, mentioned, I, mentioned, I mentioned Creed what, because what my, point, my point is this. How good can a Harrison Ford movie be at this point with Harrison Ford being so old, you know, so disconnected from the original trilogy? How good can it be? But then if you look at Creed with Rocky, with, with, with Stallone as an older Rocky was really good and then even the rocky that came out before that was not a bad movie i i, I never saw it but everything rocky i heard Balboa. about it yeah rocky Balboa, my understanding was actually really was not bad it was actually pretty good it was all right so do we want indiana jones 5 and then if we do want it how is this movie how can this movie what can this movie do to pick up from the debacle that was indiana jones 4 oh, man ah that's that's really tough because you're because there's a couple things that they have to re, address. Like, you got to understand. There's like, let's do, let's do a re. Do you quick, get rid of Shia LaBeouf? Do you get rid of Karen, like Karen Allen? Well, Shia, Shia LaBeouf's done. Let's just let's just let's be honest. Right. Let's shoot that one in the head. So right how do you now. like again? Boom, like, so like, what, how do you what do you, what do you do to get rid of these characters? Like how do you write you don't them get out? you don't you don't necessarily write them out. It's just you get recasted. It's what's going on. It's, it's Hollywood. You recast them. It's yeah. over. You know what I mean? It's, there's no killing a character off here. You like you do a quick recap here. You had yeah the him the the you had the arc. He went after the arc. Yep. Temple of Doom. Yep. All right. Then you had the um, Last Crusade. Last Crusade, which is wonderful. Yep. And you got to meet his father. Yeah, but who's dead? In, Sean Connery died. In Indiana Jones Four, he yeah, died. His dad has passed. Yeah, he passed. He died. Okay. Yeah. So you go ahead and now you do as more of. Um, his son picks up where he's doing. Now the question is more: Is so you're saying recast Shia LaBeouf and have his son be the main lead in right? The and you have Kevin. I say Kevin Costner. Sorry, um, I forgot his name. What's his name? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Play Sean Connery essentially in his film. He's so like, it'd be dad's kind of. So it's it's a dad son flick again, like much like Last Crusade, but with a, a recast. On Shia LaBeouf's character, you know, I mean, the interesting though. I, like, I, mean, I don't disagree with the concept. It's the good. interesting is the interesting part about this would be the timepiece because you know, in their films, it's always casted like around World War Two. Yeah, yeah. They always fought Nazis. Well, and then now it's like, so you're gonna is it gonna take place in like the 50s, 60s? I guess. Well, like the 60s. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I was listening to uh, Screen Junkies movie fights, and those, those guys, were, those guys were pitching what their ideal Indiana Jones Five movie would be. You know, I think a, a lot of them kind of were in the realm of like the seventies, where that could be the sixties, seventies could be a pretty compelling time frame. Some of the Cuban mus- missile crisis. Because you're right. Well, yeah, you're right. Well, you're in the middle of the Cold War. Right. Um, there's an arms race going on. There was a technological race going on. I mean, in science, archaeology. So you could play that route. But I feel like in that time frame, the mysticism kind of begins to go away. Right. You know? 
like in the 40s, we still don't have all the answers. I mean, science, like this, the, this, the atomic age is just taking off, and science hasn't quite answered everything yet. Right. Whereas now you're in the 70s. Answers. There's a lot of answers. There's a lot now. of answers out there. There are a lot, whole lot of mysteries. This, this oh yes, point. a lot of radios. Lots of lots of technology now. Technology ruins everything. It does. So it's kind of like what. How do you get the mysticism back of like Last Crusade and the Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that? It's hard to do that because yeah. you. Ugh, I don't see that necessarily. You won't have that feeling, but they would have to. They it won't be a it won't be one of these darker films, but it'll be more of a. It could still do adventure. I mean, it'd be like I don't know. They'll find like what some treasure somewhere you know i mean they gotta figure something out so descriptive that's so it has to be some (laughs) you mean there's all these other treasures like el dorado and all these other you know i mean i mean there's a lot of different treasures out there they could do one of the guys on 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 uh just get away from aliens one of the guys on screen on on uh on movie fights he pitched the idea of going after atlantis which if for those of us who are kids of the 90s there was the indiana jones the quest for atlantis video game that was put out by LucasArts. fair and a lot of people assumed the next Indiana Jones movie was going to be based on that game where they go after the quest for Atlantis. It just seemed like the next logical step for the franchise. But and it kind of, we all were kind of caught off guard when they went after aliens in Indiana Jones Four. So that was really kind of like why why did you go away? Why did you sway away from the most obvious of choices? But I don't know. I, I do like. So love where the, do you? I, so do you? So is there? A feeling of faith in the idea that they're going to do this right, due to the fact that they swayed so hard when they already have something, they already had something ready to go, and they went a different route. You know, what I mean, who to say that? You know, what I mean, they went aliens, which is freaking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that they'll say, "All right, we're going to make this right and go after what well, the I, fans I, I want." I think to be fair too. At the time frame this movie came out, there was this huge push about aliens being involved in ancient history. So I can just see why they might have tried to jump. They would. They jumped on that gravy train and decided to make a movie out of it. I just think that they. I mean, I think the only but problem is, I don't. I think mainstream like didn't bite off on that on that on that that idea. They did the idea wrong because if they did it, if they did it better, they should did it more as like they found like what they're looking for, and then they found like. Alien corpses. Like the flaws. If they found like for me, alien corpses, I'd have been better. <clears throat> the flaws in the movie, in my opinion, aren't necessarily the story. Uh, I hated the CGI monkeys and the swinging. Terrible. I hated the CGI ant hill. Horrible. I hated the fact that there were people living in the walls in this ancient city for over eons. Yes. I hated that. The but the story itself, I did not hate. In fact, the only part I didn't like was at the end where it turned to a giant spaceship. I didn't like the whole like I the was, whole motorcycle thing that yeah, Charlotte was yeah, doing. That was, yeah, it was I didn't like that. He was, he was a greaser. Yeah. Get out of here. But I, I was tracking on the story, the idea that aliens came down and were leading people. And I, can, I was kind of intrigued by it. I mean, I didn't think it was a great story, but I could follow it and not be necessarily disappointed in it. Until I got to the end and it turned into a giant spaceship. And that's where I was kind of like, okay, you've completely lost me now at this point. So, I guess the question becomes: what What should they go after in this film? What would the What should be the big treasure, the big thing? Who do you recast as Shia LaBeouf? If you, let's say we recast into a father son flick, much in, like like Last Crusade, who do you recast the role as? 
And then the ultimate question, because I think this is what I think this is what Harrison Ford wants. Do you kill off Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones dies because Harrison Ford. I think Harrison Ford is on a mission to kill off all his characters. I think so too. I think, <laughs> I, think I think Indiana Jones dies in this film because Harrison Ford was no so happy to kill off Han Solo. He's on a mission to kill off all his I characters. Think, I'm pretty confident he's pretty, he would be happy to kill off Indiana Jones. Holy I think shit! Simply put, he doesn't want to do these movies anymore, and he knows if I kill off the character, I can't be bothered. To, with to it. be honest with you guys, we did not. We did not script this at all. This is this when we do these podcasts, we don't script them. That's why I hear me hear long pause at earlier. And me and him have the same exact idea at the same exact time. Cause it's so true. Yeah. He's trying to he's on a mission to kill off all his characters. Oh, like, yeah. So if you see if any one of his characters might be lasting lasting along I mean, they could even write it in fact they if they wanted to, they could do this from the perspective of maybe he's already dead and these are flashback sequences, which I think is what's gonna happen in episode eight. Because apparently he's going to be in episode 8 of Star Wars, which leads people to believe these got to be flashback sequences because he's dead. Fair. So, Fair. But I think, I, think, I think it's pretty confident to say that Indiana Jones or Henry Jones Jr. will die he's done for. in right. this movie. He's done for. Because I think that's what Harrison Ford wants to do. Going back to who should play his son, though, uh, I, we need to find someone who could look like he grew out of the younger Shia LaBeouf. So, because th- this movie came out in 2008, so eight, it's eight years later. Okay. So, presumably, that would put this person around the age of 26. Cause, cause let's, let's, assume, let's assume Shia LaBeouf was 18. His character was 18 years old in that movie. All right. At eight years, that's 26. Okay. So, who do you... Now, so we got to find someone... Or it could even be... It actually could be even later because it could be a little talking, later. Because if we, if we say the time frame is the 70s, it could actually be a little bit later. Right, a little later now. So, you could say... You could actually have the guy be the in his 30s, 30s, early 30s, late 20s. Yeah, early 30s. Kind of much the same age of, uh, as Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Correct. So you could actually go down that road. Could. Uh, so who do we pick? Well, the easy pick would be the guy from um, Jurassic Park. Chris Pratt? Yeah. I don't that's think easy, that's going to happen. That's, that's an easy pick. That's an easy pick. That's I, don't, easy I pick. don't think that's going to be the one. Plus, easy pick. Like I said, I mean... If yeah, if you're going for a complete recast, you could say he doesn't need to look like Shia LaBeouf, but it would help to bridge the continuity. It would help the continuity. Would it really? If it made if he looked a little bit like. It. Or would it just be helpful that if they just sat back and said, "We're sorry, we made this film. Let's try over. This is our attempt." That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what I mean? If you did that, saying like, "Look, man, we're just recasting up. We're sorry, we made this film. We messed up. We did disservice to you guys. Disservice to us as well." This is us recasting, and I think they find a fresh face. Like, just give us a fresh face, this unknown guy that's maybe up and comer. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I think that's what they should do. Because when Harrison Ford did it, technically he wasn't a he was he wasn't a fresh face at all. Mm-hmm. But he was up and coming though, because he did that film, and before that he did what like Blade Runner. Yeah, he did Blade Runner and Star Wars. When he did Star Wars, he was up and comer. Sure, sure. So I mean, to be fair, and that other than that, I don't remember him doing other films beyond Indiana Jones. Back he's done a then, lot. Of, well, I mean, he's done a lot. He did uh, what was it Lady in Red? He's done nine. To, I think it was nine to five. He's, he did a lot of other things too. Not film? Uh, okay. He did all you know, Clear and Present Danger. Well, that's, that that wasn't before Indiana Jones. No, it wasn't before Indiana Jones. That's what I'm saying. I'm oh, talking, talking about like, before. Indiana Jones? Yeah, before he no, did. Indiana. not really. Not you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. He was an American Graffiti. Uh, which was a George, a George Lucas film. Okay, 
So, right, I mean, so, like I said, a, a nice up-and-coming actor would be fit. And, I mean, it's really hard to say, like, who is the next guy, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, I would like them to see and cast a guy that kind of looks like him, I guess. Yeah. So, you kind of see true. the family resemblance. Because Shia LaBeouf, you saw no family resemblance in him. Yeah. And you've seen it, like, in his mom that wasn't even well, cast in the movie. That's a challenge. You really see that either. That's the challenge they're having right now because they're trying to cast a young Han Solo for the, in it, for the Han Solo movie they're going to make. And they can't find an actor well, maybe who, they shouldn't thought of making a ca- who goddamn young Han Solo, Solo movie yeah well we don't need that it's too late now that's, that, that's, we that, didn't need that that ship is happening yeah we don't need that they could easily they could have just easily did some other they could have they could have said that we're gonna make a movie of some other far far galaxy far far away and there's some other cause Jedi's when they got disbanded at the end of episode 3 they they said that Jedi's Oh, the ones that didn't die, they went to far reaches of the galaxy. They spread out. You know who? And yeah, they yeah. could have, they could have like said, "Hey, there's another Jedi story right here." Boom. And then when episode, like not the next movie, but like the next falling movie after episode nine, right? They could have had them like somewhat conjoined together. Now, yeah, like one shows up, bam, because yeah. they they heard about. Luke Skywalker, and they could have been at the end too. They could have showed up, and like they like we need more help, and then bam, they pop in, like boom, we're here, and they're like oh, they hurt. You know, I mean, it could have been something cool like that, or right. you know, what I mean, they could have given us something. Podcast, though, so, but I just it just occurred, for a I, right it there. just occurred to me though, who might be a good option. I don't know his name; I'd have to look it up. But the guy that plays Winter Soldier, Bucky, Bucky could be a good option actually because really? he's. Doesn't look. He looks like he could. Looks like he has some some resemblance. He's dark haired. He's would be the appropriate age. He's clearly a physical actor. He's done. He'll have just come off of Civil War. You know, he has done Winter Soldier. He did the very first Captain America. That could be not a bad choice. Now think about it. Oh, maybe the um, he's he's got that grizzled Sebastian look. Stan. Yeah, Sebastian Stan. That could be a good choice. I think. Yeah, dark hair. I give him that. You yeah. know, um, he could play. I mean. The question is, can you do comedy? Indiana Jones is not a but he was, serious guy. No, but he was pretty. He was pretty lighthearted and charming in their first Captain America film. Hmm. He doesn't become all grim and serious until until Winter Soldier and Civil War because his mind's been wiped. But I could see it. I could probably see it. You know, they, if they do it. Okay, so so let's say so we've we've recast Bucky. I mean, we've recast Shia. We'll put <laughs> yeah, Sebastian Stan in there. All right, on. we'll say Sebastian Stan. All right. We know that the movie's going to end in the death of Indiana Jones. Now, what artifact does he go after? What What is going to be the the treasure in this film? All right, so this sounds cheap, okay. but I think they should take a page out of one of the best right now, like, adventurers in nerd in the nerd world, Mr. Nathan Drake. I was wondering if you were going to You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it makes sense, because Nathan Drake... Cause those, they, those games they, are so good. And they talk about making a Nathan Drake, like... Uncharted movie. They've they talked are. about it. Going back and forth. They've, They've been talking it. about it forever. Yeah, it's kind of production hell right now. You know, and it's because they're trying to cast. They were trying to look, get Mister Guardians of the Galaxy to do it. That's what they're trying to do. No, they're trying well, to get him no, to do it, it was first. Originally, no, originally it was gonna be. It was gonna be. Um, he was. He's in. Da- he's in Daddy's home. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg was old be, man. Was gonna play the role. Yep. Mark Wahlberg's a little bit old for that character. Yeah. Oh, well. You gotta get a guy who's like mid third, like I think Carl, early 30s. I think Carl Urban would be a great Nathan Drake. Carl Urban might be. He might be. Yeah. But I mean the the idea is they're like just take a artifact from that. They find, they hear about a treasure on this island and well, they take it, it back. No, but you got don't tre- 
what treasure on what island? Let's talk. Let's get into details. South here. America, El Dorado. Let's do it. They just Spain. did the Aztec thing with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Damn it! And they can't do Egypt anymore. Because they did, they did Egypt with um, the Lars Ark. They were there for a brief second, getting the artifact from a temple. You yeah, know, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily just count it. I guess the question is: I think, do we do we believe do we, do we believe that relig- like the religious Jude- Christian Judeo artifacts are they more? Does that make a better movie, or is it any? Or was it simply that Temple of Doom and King in Kingdoms or Crystal Skull? Just were not very well written. All right, slow down. The Temple of Doom was very well written. Well, until Crystal Skull, it was the least favorite of most people. Wow, that movie's so great. I love it. it I was personally, so great. I, I, lo- I loved it as a kid. During the, I loved the, it. The, the food sequence was my favorite. The horror scene was great. India hot. I mean, that's good shit. No, the I would. It's just that the Judeo Christian stuff is very believable because the Crusades. You you read about them having so much treasure. And they buried it in so many different places. Well, I think part of it, too, though, is I think it's your audience, too. Like, I think the majority of the American audience... Well, I'm just speaking for myself. Right, I get that. But yeah. I'm saying, like, the majority of Americans are Christian. So it's when you relate when you, when you have an artifact that they can relate to, I think it makes, it makes them more popular. Like, unfortunately, most of us aren't Indian. I mean, so, but to be fair, though, I like... Most of us the, aren't South American. To be fair, though, I like National Treasure, but I don't necessarily believe the... The the tangents they were going on this movie with like I don't know um, I'm not saying I'm just saying if your artifact is something that you can relate to right in some respect it makes it more I think a little bit more compelling I guess so I guess so it's just I don't know like I said the artifact things will be pretty hard I think Atlantis would be a good one just because everyone like like everyone knows Atlantis lost of Atlantis and they did make a game off of it, a very popular game apparently. It does seem like a next logical step, but at the same time, Atlantis would be it. Although I kind of feel like it's a throwaway in some regards because it's like the easiest. It's kind of the easiest thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, wasn't there, can they make up like some lost city of gold or some shit? I mean, I don't know. It could be. It could be anything. It I could mean, be, you could do El Dorado. You could do. Uh, uh, King Solomon's Diamond Mind, something like that. King Solomon's Mines was a good movie back in the eighties. You ever seen yeah. that movie? No, I haven't seen it. It's a good movie. Uh, Check it out. I mean, you can go into Greek mythology and pull out a Greek uh, Greek artifact, like maybe like the Golden Fleece from Greek, huh. mytholo- Greek mythology. You could roll. You could probably go into. Uh, if you if they do Greek mythology, then then they could still roll in some Nazis in there because there'd be some maybe some Nazis holding on some random yeah. disparate Nazi camps holding on to this, and you could probably cast it in sixties. Whether I mean, the guys might still be around. To, some options if you want to go the Christian Judeo route would be maybe the nails that uh, the nails that held Christ to the cross, the that's, cross that's, itself. Wow, that's the nails um, that hold Christ could be pretty big, but, but I mean, like I said, it could be a lot of different things. It it that's the hard part. That's the hard part. They have to figure out I think, I think what is going. To I be. think that's what's going to be now. Of the plot. Yeah, that's going to be that's, that's, that's going to be the, bar, the hardest one because making need, the movie, writing script, and. Yeah. Casting that stuff's gonna fall right in line. That's easy to do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just you get to have something that's gonna be believable. Cause like we said before, the Crystal Skulls. Like it sounded like Crystal Skulls. You you didn't mind the plot so much. No, I didn't. You didn't like the execution. Yeah, the execution. Especially for yeah. Steven Spielberg, who has the, act, the directing chops yeah. to do this correctly, he failed. In yeah, your book. I, I, bl- I blame you. him and I blame George Lucas and George Lucas, yeah. and we all know how he is. Yeah. If you don't believe it, there's a little asterisk we're saying. Check out Star Wars. So, yeah. 
So you know. let's, let's let's leave it here. I think Copeland's been grounded. One, and Jones is going to die. <laughs> and yeah, Two, Jones, he's going to pass away. Uh, we, yeah. we don't want to necessarily get rid of his son, but he needs to be recast. Oh, he, yeah, he's and definitely need recast. A good, strong treasure, something that. They, 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 and the thing is, it could be perfect. You need, have him. Play, you could definitely do like more of a uncharted feel because yeah. it'd be like Indiana Jones would Indiana Jones would play we played his homeboy in the in the game where it has the red shirt it's always kind of like hey go over here and then, and then he flies the plane helps him out I mean he's more backseat I can't run like that anymore boy he's like there's snakes in there I can't go in there snakes yeah, well, I think, and we just well, reference that thing all over again there's snakes in there I can't do it and then one of the guys on movie fights mentioned this too and then he could be scared of rats like yeah. his grandfather was oh I hate rats he was like yes let's what, what, I, I hate rats too what I think makes the movie the last crusade so successful was even though it was a great film it was, it was a great film but the relationship seeing the relationship between his father and him you have chose poorly yeah well, <laughs> but seeing the relationship between his father and him took center stage and the artifact was a backdrop to that relationship and i right. think that's what needs to happen in this movie you need to see the relationship you need to see the passing of the torch you need to have that emotional draw so when he dies, it has gravity, and the artifact is the backdrop to that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. like It needs to be a strong artifact or treasure or, or quest, but that needs to be a backdrop to the center of the story, which is this relationship between father and son, and then father obviously dying in the end, which, and he passed the torch to his son who, to carry out his legacy. Now, how early does how early would you expect him to die? Would it? I be wouldn't kill him to the end of the film. The very very end, because you want to see that relationship between the two of them play out, and then that way it has gravity at the end. Right, maybe like the last fifteen minutes. Like, I, I want to cry at the end of this film. That's the how last, I feel. You want the last fifteen minutes? I want to see the minutes? death of a hero. I want I want that feeling I had when I saw Han Solo die in that bridge. Wait a minute, though. I they, want that heart wrenching like just drop into my stomach like holy shit. I think, but see died. here, when Han Solo died though, it was literally like kind of like <gasps> when happening, kind of like that gasp. <gasps> Well, and you then can, you, you saw and it then, coming, and but it was like yeah, it was still, like, it was you know like, what I mean. Uh, they made it, it made it very obvious it was going to happen. But then you saw him drop into this thing, and I, I didn't like the fact they did that. Like they should have, like he should have stabbed him kind of somewhere where he'd have fell on the ground. And they could have brought his body back, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to give him a proper burial and everything else. They didn't give him that. Like you understand, his body's his body got blown up on that planet. You understand right. that? <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. So there's not even a, like a memorial that you could do for him. <laughs> like there's none. There's nothing there. Yeah. Like his blaster's gone. His everything that's him is gone. On his jacket's gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They should have given more of like he got stabbed and Chewie Chewie takes him off the ship holding him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my friend. And that would have been see, and that would have been him doing justice to the relationship of them holding him and he's kinda like, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, all sad and like she's like, no, she's him like dead, you know what I mean? That could have been like that would have been not fall down some cavern and some planet got destroyed. It's so like, well, his body's gone. Oh well, it's, it's gone. So, all right. all right, let's leave it there. I want to wrap. I want to spend the last uh, ten minutes or so that we have here talking about this story that came out today. A number of media outlets have reported this. I guess it originated in Vanity Fair. So, Georgia has a piece of legislation going up here pretty soon. A uh, religious liberty bill. That would allow uh, basically shop owners and uh, to deny service to gay couples because of their faith. Now, I'm not getting get into. I'm not want to. This is not a political podcast. I don't no, want. I don't want to get into who's right and who's wrong. We're not wrong. Any of that stuff. 
But it does uh, some issues surrounding this though is Marvel and Disney and AMC sounds like they might pull out of Georgia, which is where they do a lot of their filming uh, based on this bill because they see it as very discriminatory. Now, I don't have I'm not gonna I don't, I don't want to say I don't have a credible source because I'm relying on Wikipedia for my numbers, but it sounds to me like the film industry in Georgia Georgia pumps a lot of money into the state. Uh, so I'm seeing numbers like $770 million. I've seen tax subsidy costs of $141 million. I mean, Georgia gets makes a lot of money off of films. Uh, that's where Marvel has done a lot of filming on Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War... AMC obviously films The Walking Dead there. So I'm wondering, can Georgia afford to lose the business these films provide? Because last time, I mean, uh, Georgia does have a lot going on. Like They have a music industry down there, which is pretty big. They have country music down there as well. So the music industry is alive and well. Uh, but I'm wondering if they can afford to to lose big film i mean what do you think man like should i mean and even and then and also begs another thing i mean should uh should this bill should companies be deterred by this bill either does it, is it right that disney is going to boycott georgia because they they vote for this i don't know i'm just curious well disney for one boycott georgia shocks me because mm-hmm. you know how disney is mm-hmm. and how their history and how they've been run and what things they've done in their past but I'm all for it. You know, I mean, if they're going to do that, then I think they should take their business somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, not Atlanta, but Georgia itself. They don't film in Atlanta. I want to think they do. But, you know, it's definitely going to hurt, and they'll go somewhere else. Maybe they're going to come to Virginia. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all about boosting Virginia. Well, pop- I think they'll go to North pop- Carolina. North Carolina has been a, has a big studio, so they'll probably go to like place in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. They'll do that, and I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with that. If you want to work out Georgia, they're going to make a mistake, and then whoever passed that bill, they're going to learn that apparently they're not looking, they're not looking for the right of what Georgia's doing by doing that, because this you're going to take a lot of jobs out of people's people's lives by doing that, and just it's just a bad it's a bad look. It's a bad look for Georgia in its own right. Especially Georgia, known as more of a melting pot, you know. What I mean, with multicultural place especially coming towards the south you know and the idea that a lot of films especially like the walking dead which has a gay relationship on there and the show has a gay relationship i mean i don't yeah. picture i don't know any gay gay or lesbian superheroes which i think maybe marvel or dc i think dc be the one to break the mold so, before marvel would but yeah I don't see anything like that happening, but The Walking Dead has that, you know. What I mean, and Walking Dead would definitely walk, which that's going to hurt his. That's going to hurt the show demographic itself because they've been in. That's their. That's where they take place in so, Georgia. So this comes straight from Georgia.org. So they're actually talking about this very issue. It says here, so Governor Nathan Deal announced that Georgia Georgia lensed feature film and television productions generated an economic impact of more than six billion dollars. During fiscal year 2015. Jesus. The 248 film and television production shot in Georgia represented $1.7 billion in spending in the state. Jesus. As evidenced by today's announcement, 
Georgia's film industry has had a significant impact on our state, said Deal. These statistics represent job creation, increased business opportunities, and the revitalization of communities statewide. And I am committed to building a strong film-ready workforce in Georgia to ensure that the industry continues to flourish here. So, that being said, it sounds to me like if Disney, Marvel, and AMC leave Georgia, there's going to be a lot of people out of work. There's going to be a lot of businesses that get hit very hard. Like, think about all this that goes into a movie. Not just, like, set... Pr- like, you need you need construction workers for set building. Right. You need makeup artists. Yep. You need uh, all... Like, there's, like, uh, electrical technicians. Yep. You need... And so, depending on the movie, you may need plumbers and plumbers, engineers. engineers. You need... Uh, you need sound. You need sound. Sound engineers. people. You need people for costumes, like people to build the, co- Not the like costumes. Not Look at the smaller stuff. You need caterers. Catering. For all the food. You need lodging. You need, yeah, a lodging. Hotels. You need nightlife. All this so stuff, people can enjoy themselves all, like, when they're yeah. not on film. They, so I mean, six billion dollars is not trivial. That's yeah. a lot of money. Six billion dollars <laughs> takes a third world country and makes them a superpower. So yeah. <laughs> so let's be honest here. So it's. You're just definitely, like I said, it's and if they move to North Carolina, like you said, you're making North. I need to move to North I mean, Carolina by house. This is one of those situations. Yeah, this is just one of those situations where it's like, you're if you're another state that has a budding film industry, you're just praying that Georgia does something like this because right now let's let's take Walking Dead for example. Walking Dead, technically, where they're like, so the, it, the originally the show took place in Georgia, right? But now they're actually the show actually takes place in Northern Virginia, so. You're just inviting Virginia or North Carolina Say, to become hey, the come new backdrop to your to to your to your show. Uh, we already know that shows like uh, Sleepy Hollow they film in North Carolina right now. Yep. Uh, Dawson's Creek filmed in, not that it's on now, but yeah, they right. filmed in North Carolina. <laughs> so North Carolina does have a film industry. So you're inviting a lot of states with fledging film industries to be like, hey. Come here. We'll take your six billion dollars. Yeah. No problem. We will take, we'll take. We half allow a, we'll gay take a, marriage. We'll take a billion. Please yeah. come on down, and we'll gladly make whatever comp. We'll, we'll take whatever you're going to give us. This so may, it's yeah. Not only mention this. This may be a stereotype, but a lot of Hollywood is gay. That was a fact. lot of Hollywood oh, yes. is gay. So you're telling me that you're going to have all these Hollywood actors and actresses and. All the associated personnel that come with it, you're going to deny business to all those people. Like it kind of gets to that Aziz Ansari sketch where he talks about how uh, he was talking to a locksmith who was racist against South Koreans, and he asked the question: At what point does it become economical to not be racist against South Koreans? Like, how many South Koreans need to lose their keys before a locksmith finally says, "You know what? This racism's cost me a lot of money." It kind of gets to that's the same question. So. At what point does it become no longer economical to be discriminatory to, against gays, right? Like, at what point do you say, "Man, I'm losing a lot of money right now because I don't want to because my faith says I can't serve to homosexuals." Because all because their sexual preference might be playing for the same team doesn't mean they make less money. Yeah. Well, apparently there uh, there was a study out there. And I, I, I'm not going to take the time to look it up now, but there was a study that conducted that said the most successful cities in the country uh, encourage gay like gay service because gays apparently make a lot of money and they want to spend it and they spend their money yeah yeah yes they do so i guess 
$6 million, maybe that's the magic number. Maybe that is the magic number that says it is not economical <laughs> to be discriminatory. Like I said, whoever made that bill, man, you're definitely, you're costing people lives. You guys in their lives of, like, livelihood are just working there because it's, it's dumb. Now, I guess it doesn't, the bill doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that every shopkeeper is going to do this. It just means that those people that want to live this way can can do this. You're talking about, they just talk about right here. No, no, wait a minute. Go back down. Yeah, they yeah. said right here. They said in Georgia, in 2015, they had movies like Leah and Eve. Yep. Vacation was filmed there. Mm-hmm. A Walk in the Woods. Goosebumps. The Hunger um, Games. The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games and Part 2 of Dead. that. And then The Walking Dead. You know? So, and Wreck the Final Sundance. And Satisfaction. So, yeah, Satisfaction on USA Network. So, that's... You're talking about the Hunger Games, which is one of the bigger films. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's you're talking about the budget for that film. That film had a huge budget, especially part two. There's a lot of explosions happening, so yeah. that was not a cheap film to do. Vacation probably cheap. Um, Nissy, Leela, Eve, never heard that. Um, the Walk in the Woods might have been cheap with Robert Redford. Goosebumps, I guarantee, had a big budget. Big budget, a lot of animation though. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, then again, The Walking Dead, <laughs> dude. Yeah, come on. You're talking about the biggest television, like show on television, right? <laughs> yeah, now. it's it's one of the big, not the biggest, but it's one of the biggest. It is one of the biggest, right? One of the biggest, yes. Uh, so I mean that's good luck with that Georgia. Good luck with that. Yeah. Tip my hat to you. Good luck. Like, but like I said, I want to reiterate that if they do pass a bill, that doesn't necessarily mean that all shopkeepers are going to do this. It's just the people that are really devout, like and and feel that they can't serve these people in the privileged part of the cities. Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I just think that I think at some point, like money talks, and I'm gonna tell you right now, like if you're thinking about this, just think about this from your like from your your your, your store manager, right? Let's say that your store decided to enact this legislation. Like you decided that your your general manager or whoever decided we're not going to serve homosexuals serve homosexuals because they because we don't believe in it. You're taught like I guarantee you that that means gay gay people doesn't that doesn't mean gay people are going to go away. This means they're going to go to another restaurant and spend their money somewhere else. It'd be so one of the easiest. What, how do you, one of the, like, do you do? You then change your mind? Like, do you be like, you know, I'm seeing that store. That's they're making a lot of money over there that I'm not getting because I'm, I am disagreeing with their belief system. How do you, at that point do you be like? Are you just like I'm so resolute in my beliefs that that I'm willing to that I'm willing to sacrifice all that money. I guess I'm just wondering from your shopkeeper. I mean, you're a manager. How do you? I'm a shopkeeper. A shopkeeper. You're a manager. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think? You know what? I am fine with the idea that. Some restaurants they have certain beliefs on how they're going to run it. Sure, that are usually called core values. Most in the restaurant business, they call them core values. That you create your foundation of like we're going to do it this way. I want my people like Hooters says we want but we want about female waitresses, no male waiters, no male waiters. Right, but that's the whole premise of their right. But understand their, now, yeah. but that's but that's you know that's how they work. You know what I mean? I'm just using examples. Sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? There's some some places like they don't want people. Working there, they have t- some people. Some businesses don't like people with tattoos on their arms visibly shown. I say to be same in military, you can't have tattoos all over your face like that if you're in the military. Right. You know, what I mean, I'm fine with that. But when you're going to get somebody like that's it's just a hot button. Like that is such a hot hot button sexuality saying that because you're gay, you're I can't I'm not going to serve you or employ you or employ you or anything like that. That is, that is, it's foul, and it doesn't work nowadays at all. Like, you will, you'll still probably, he'll still have some business. You know, you'll have some devoted, mostly white people, 
will still probably still eat there. Or, you know what I mean? And they'd be like, hey, I'm all right what you're talking about. No way. Keep them out. But, but you're you not survive? paying my bills. Can you, can you survive that no way? No way in hell. And me, if I'm working there, you know, if I'm, I'm you know, if they tell me that my restaurant had to be like that, that'd probably be the same that I go back home and redo my resume a little bit up to go somewhere else. Yeah. And then I'd probably get a job lickety split because the first question I get asked, why are you looking for a new job? Why are you applying here? Because my job passed, uh, passed a thing where they want to not serve or hire any gay people. And I don't believe in that. And then they'll probably hire me on the spot yeah. just for the idea of me taking that stand of saying, like, I – I employ an equal opportunity employer. You know sure. what I mean? Well, so, I mean, I mean that's making yeah. sense. And I mean, I guess, I guess, I think it depends on where you live, too. Like, obviously, there are segments of Georgia where if your business doesn't serve to gay people or employ gay people, it can't survive. Probably in, like, the urban centers. But it's stupid. But, you, but they're part of Georgia. It's but, one thing saying that right. you would not serve no, somebody because they that. come in, like, dressed a certain way. Like, you can't come in here right, right, wearing right, a right, tank top. Right. You have to shirt hey, on. We say it's stupid, but to... People that see things this no. way. No, but hold on, just hold on for a second. I'm just saying. There, I would argue in in Atlanta, depending on where you live, you probably could survive. Like in the urban areas, not necessarily because there's probably going to be a lot of homosexual gay people in those areas. You're not going to survive. But if you're living in rural Georgia, which is very similar to like deep Chesapeake, in the middle of the Bible Belt, and almost 90 percent of the population there thinks and acts the same way, you probably could survive. Uh, it just depends. I think it just depends on where you live. Again, not. I'm not saying whether I agree or disagree with it. Uh, I'm just. Uh, well, no. I, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I, I personally disagree with the legislation. I think it's stupid. But you know, I'm not going to judge somebody for deciding they want to run their business this way. But I do find it interesting. I, I do want to. I do pose the question: How can like at what point do you do you say, man, I'm missing out on a lot of money here? <laughs> here's the thing. All right. So here's I pulled up this thing called like. Um, the richest gay people in the world. Yeah. So let's say in Georgia, there's a country club. Now that would, I would see that with like, well, you're gay. We could kind of refuse not to serve you here. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to, but would you really like deny billionaires? There's like, there's like three, there's three billionaires and the richest people in the world. Right, well, I'm you not, would tell I'm them not, 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 they wouldn't saying, be able like, to serve there? I'm not saying, I guess what I'm saying is Michael Kors, he's gay. There, there would you desire? My, would you not let Michael Kors? All I'm saying is that there. I would. I would want to say like if you if you're a gay person, you live in the vicinity of Atlanta, you're going to be good. But if you live in the vicinity of Savannah, Georgia, which is deep, considered like deep South, you know, very traditional. Very, but then money talks. Would you deny Elton John eating at your restaurant? I think they would. Elton John because there's tradition. There's that because that's. Because there's tradition there. I think she's bae. She's, she's bi. <laughs> that doesn't count, my man. That don't count. Make up your mind, dude. I know, right? That don't count. All right, let's. Well, we're already at an hour. So George Michael, Anderson Cooper, <laughs> Tom Ford, Ellen DeGeneres. Our, you would deny these people in Georgia? It's not true. I'm not saying all of Georgia. I'm Money saying, would talk. I'm saying there are certain segments of Georgia that would deny these people. Yes, Ricky Martin. You probably deny him. But I mean, <laughs> just like they would deny you because of the color of your skin, just maybe like they would deny see, me because I'm mixed. Would it? I know Robin Williams was gay, um, but the the idea that if they deny me, then it becomes different. It, 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 it sadly discrimination is discrimination because it'd be discrimination in Georgia of all places, Georgia. Which is has a huge history of discrimination. I know in the huge history in <laughs> That's the why past. I'm not surprised by it. No, but huge history in the past. But you're talking about. Atlanta, Georgia, there's at least 
like three to five Fortune 500 businesses that's, owned by black that's men. That's why in I'm Atlanta. saying. Listen to what I'm saying. In I understand what you're places, saying. In certain places, but that's in Georgia, not going to work. In certain places in Georgia, yes, you're fine. Atlanta is one of those places. But if you go to like, like I said, like Savannah, Georgia, which is deep south, tradition, deep in tradition, old money, small community, very protective. I'm not surprised if you get discriminated against because that's the community that there. Now Atlanta, urban center. Very integrated, very mixed, a lot of progressives, college town, CNN is there, it's a Time Warner city, so very liberal, very progressive, very inclusive. You'll be fine. So it just depends on where you live. Virginia's the same way. We in Hampton Roads, progressive, liberal, for the most part. Uh, (laughs) For the most part. Progressive, liberal, uh, inclusive, non-discriminatory. Go out past Richmond. I've been past Richmond. Go to Blacksburg. I've been to Blacksburg. I've been to Blacksburg too. Well, it's College Town. Maybe a bad example. Lynchburg. Go to Lynchburg. No, I've never been to Lynchburg. Lynchburg. I've been. I've been to, to Stanton before. That's where I've been to Wiffle. Roanoke is sketchy. There's a lot of black people right, there. But, I'm saying, but, but I mean, but Lynchburg. Eh. Lynchburg would be a, would be a community that where predominantly white, very Christian, old money. Uh, that's where that's that's where um, American University. I've been to Reston, Virginia. That's old money. Rest of Virginia is a newer community. Man. Yeah, but there's a lot of old money up there, and it's well, highly sure. it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of rich well, people. What up I'm there. saying is like there, are, Virginia has pockets too, where I guarantee you there would out, Chesapeake for I would argue Chesapeake would be one of those communities that would be would would be very up for this legislation. Chesapeake, you think so? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know Chesapeake. It's just weird. Suffolk maybe then. Suffolk maybe, but Suffolk it's like who goes there? True. People that live in Suffolk are people that used to live. I learned a lot of people that live in Suffolk. People used to live in like Fairfax and Emporia because like you get that big city feel, but still small town. Yeah, yeah. You know. What All mean? right. Well, anyways, we're now at an hour and five minutes. Our so typical we're gonna, hour we're gonna, and five we're gonna, minutes. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap this up. Hey, we've had a great time talking, spending the night with you guys, talking, discussing some really fun stuff. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, we'll be taking a hiatus again after this after for the for the foreseeable week. Um, my wife's in town, so I'm going to spend a lot of time with her. Uh, so probably not going to have time to do a podcast in this coming week. But uh, we'll pick up uh, probably two weeks from now. <laughs> Mr. Locke is over here. A little surprised by this news. I think he's a little heartbroken. <laughs> well, because you know, you're understand that Batman and Superman comes out. Yeah, I know. We need to talk about that. I know. You know what I mean? So if anything, I... I don't know. It's if, if my wife is, wife is listening, I'm going to do my best to talk her into letting me podcast next one, at a minimum next Wednesday. All we need is one freaking hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be dedicated to Batman Superman. You know what I mean? It's like I, I, it, it can make it happen. I think you should make a you should make a plea to my wife right now. There's no plea here. I'm telling you right now that look, we just need one hour to make this happen. You know what I mean? It, it, come on, it's Batman Superman. We've been talking about it for X amount of weeks. That's all we need. You can spend time. You could you could sit in and watch us talk. You could be a part of it. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I mean, but come on. Like you're telling me that I wait two weeks to talk about Batman Superman in a podcast. <laughs> what is this? What a country am I living in? That is not fair. That is not fair. That isn't that's fair at all. Like, come on. Well, I, I have not seen my wife in a while. And we I understand a while. that. We have not fully been, understand that. So not saying that's not nothing. I didn't say that. Hey, that was true. I'm not saying I want to spend the whole entire day with you. I said I need one hour. Hell, I could walk straight in. Still need to say, and I could leave. <laughs> you know, what I mean, literally just boom, 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 and just leave and spend all the time you want. Like I said, she could sit in. She'd be part of this. 
I'll, I'll stand up the whole entire time. She can sit right next to the microphone. <laughs> I don't care. All right, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out, folks. We'll come back to y'all with our review of BVS. And that, but for the time being, I'm Mr. Figs. I'm Mr. Locke. Y'all have a good night. <laughs>